Okay, welcome back to the hard shoulder on this Friday summer, 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 right. Welcome back to the hard shoulder with me, Ivan Yates, and we have assembled uh, our final furlong panel on this sunny spring day. Uh, every week at this time, we look back at a sideways jaundiced view of the things that gave us a bit of a giggle or caused us consternation. It's a great pleasure to welcome back Claire McKenna, broadcaster, Kevin Doyle, who I'm, uh, very eager to find how Valentine's Day went for him because it's his first since he got married. I'm sure it was a disaster. But he uh, is still holding down quite amazingly the job as group political editor of INM uh, with all the shenanigans going on in the doll. And our American friend, uh, well, he's a bit Irish now, uh, Jim Elliott, comedian. And and you've just been on Ireland's Got Talent. Yeah, that uh, went out a, a couple of weeks ago yeah. in the broadcast there in the yeah. auditions. How did you find Louis and the Queer Ones? I had a blessed but I, here's the thing so like i didn't do my comedy act when i got out there what i did was i decided i wasn't going to do any of my material i was just going to do roast jokes about the four judges in front of me all right so yeah. i decided sort of impromptu to turn it into a little comedy yeah. roast okay uh, well and, you must have had ample material i uh, mean the, the all of those people have lengthy wikipedia pages so yeah it's, <laughs> it's not hard to find something that you can poke and, at. and you have you have an acting I do, uh, I do. I do. Tell I have me a, about that. A play coming up uh, next week as part of the Scene and Heard Festival in Smock Alley. So Thursday and Friday, we're in a, a play that is a, uh, a humorous reenactment of a, a true story. You guys ever heard of Iron Mike Malloy, the Rasputin of the Bronx? This guy in the See 30s. the guy who did the stripping? Was there a uh, Mike fella that did the stripping <laughs> in a movie or something? Magic. I think that's Magic Mike. This, oh, magic this is Iron Mike. No, ma- Different oh, guy. Okay. Different sorry. guy. This is a guy who. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> in Iron the Mike 30s. Would work too, though, in that scenario. <laughs> a bunch of people took out an insurance policy on his life and then tried to kill him but he proved surprisingly difficult to kill one of the guys that was in on the scam owned a pub and he said Mike you're my friend you drink here for free thinking he was going to drink himself to death that didn't work so they had to move on to other means uh, it's hilarious it's written by Giles Brody it's got Paul Tylock in it and, and Brian it's on when? Myself on Thursday and Friday 21st and 22nd in Smock Alley Theater. okay and you can google what to get tickets for that Smock it's the Alley. Seen and Heard Festival Seen and Heard the best Festival alright okay let's get to our first topic and it's about Dublin because because we had two variations of it. One, look, Dublin is a kip. We know about rocketing rents, but people spending 246 hours per year stuck in traffic. It's right up there with uh, Istanbul in Turkey and Bogota in Colombia uh, for congestion. Conversely, expats did a survey of the favorite world's favorite cities. And would you believe it were in the top 10? Who are we to believe, Kevin, the people who have a nostalgic memory of Dublin or people who actually live here? I I think it's all true. If that's possible. I, I, I've seen it probably, but I'm a culture straight up. Uh, You're turning into a politician, you know, yeah. six of one and half dozen yeah, yeah. of the other. And we love everybody. Go on. Well, yeah, well, I have a problem where when I sometimes when I go home, I get accused of having the D4 accent. And when I'm in Dublin, I get accused of having the bogger accent. So you, you Sorry, can't... it needs to be cleared up that he is from Offaly. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I love Dublin. Uh, I, I've lived in Dublin for 15 years. Or there, well, with a few bits and bobs in and out here. Um, and as a culture, I love it. Converse, my dad, who won't even come to visit me in Dublin because he thinks it's that much of a kip. 
Um, and can he not get the free travel or something like that? No, he's not that old. Is I think he's as old as you, oh, Ivan. All no, right, no. right. Well, um, I'm trying to get it. I'm not that old either, <laughs> but I'm trying to get it. But anyway, what's the best of Dublin then? The best of Dublin is is the nightlife. The city, Dublin city, is a good place, I think. Right. So for all the horrible stories, it's easy to get around. It's it, it, apart from the traffic during work hours, but it's a good place to go out. It's a good place to party. It's a good place to meet people. We have lots of things going on here that we often just walk on by. I just had my lunch this afternoon in Dublin Castle for no other reason than I just happened to be there at a Brexit forum, but wandered over to the lovely cafe in Dublin Castle something I'd never seen before and there's all these little things that we never find and so there's lots in Dublin that I think is actually that we're too negative on okay. we're down ourselves okay the, the glass is half full okay um, we'll pass on your email details to Board Fulcher uh, uh, Claire um, what's your take are you a country girl or a Dublin person I'm a dub okay. I'm a Northsider oh Right. And I do love Dublin, same as Kevin. I do think it's got a lot to offer. I think the best are the people. I think it's a really friendly city. And I think when you go to somewhere even as brilliant as New York, the trekking you have to do from one side of the city to the other, Dublin is tiny. If you go shopping on a Saturday, you can have it all boxed off in three hours. It's very, very handy little city. Understandably, I'm a freelancer. I don't work nine to five. I couldn't do it like to spend the 20 pe- rush days hour peaks, yeah. of your yeah. year sitting in traffic. Would especially if you're insane. coming from Arco Mullingar or whatever, further afield, it's even more difficult. Yeah, you know. and it's soul-destroying. And those kind of families that are like dropping the kids to crash in the morning in their pyjamas and picking them up in their pyjamas and putting them to bed. It's, it's, it's no life mm. when you're barely making ends meet. I do think Dublin is a dirty old town. Yeah, what's the worst of Dublin? I lived on Georgia Street for some time and it was it was filthy. And I'm sure there are people listening whose job it is to clean the streets who are like, well, F you, we're doing it. You know, how dare you say it's a dirty old town, we're doing our best. And it's the people who are throwing all mm. the rubbish on the street. And I get that. But on a Sunday morning when I would wake up in the middle of the city centre and think, I'll pop over, get the papers, get a bit of breakfast, you'd be stepping through all manner of bodily fluids. Would it not be the same in London? Um, Or Birmingham or Manchester? I don't know. And I suppose traffic problems are the same everywhere. London is an absolute gridlock at all times. Um, I visited Mexico City. I think because, I think you hit on a very important point. London was at 12 million, New York 15 plus million. The fact that it's small uh, makes it a little bit more manageable. Yeah, it's, it's a bit kind of quirky really isn't it I don't yeah. know if it can be fixed we're constantly told that because we've remained neutral during all the world wars we weren't bombed and that's why we don't have a metro so I mean you know you can't win a well, bomb Well it's only Frank McDonald cares about the architecture <laughs> uh, Now tell us I'm really interested in your view because you you weren't born and reared here nope. uh, and you, you probably have a kind of international outlook on it and you can compare other cities I'd so like how does Dublin. it rate? I like Dublin a lot and I, I have no problem believing all of the negative things that, that people say about it because the one of the things I love about people in Dublin is how much they love complaining about Dublin. There, there's, I have, I have to nearly convince people from Dublin when I'm in a pub and I say I like living here. It becomes sort of a, a discussion because they're amazed to hear that. I think it's a great city. I love the size of it. As Claire mentioned, it's, it's but we're manageable. only happy whinging and moaning. Well, like then, we should, well then we should be very happy. Yeah. We should be the happiest people on the planet because it's all you people do. You guys should be happier than the than the Finns. One of the other big pluses is our moderate climate. 
Whereas, you know, if you live in Toronto and you're, oh, there's going to be a couple of months of the year that you're going to be unlivable. perished alive. Unlivable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, both, both and, from and the heat and the snow. And it's not too, too, too hot in the summer either. It doesn't Although, get too hot. And it doesn't, there's a drought just, now. It doesn't, get, it doesn't get tornadoes. It doesn't get hurricanes. It doesn't have earthquakes. They barely have lightning. It's a wonderful temperate we place. We don't have snakes. Right. Thanks, St. Okay, Patrick. well, if you have anything negative to say about Dublin, because I'm, I'm just fed up to the back teeth of all this positivity, <laughs> do text us 53106. <laughs> all right, let's, on the week that's in it, Let's turn to this. Love is in the air Everywhere I look around Okay, well, after all that capital positivity, let's go down the gears insofar as the worst ever Valentine's experience. Uh, Was it a crap present? No present at all. No text at all. What's your, Claire, what's your worst ever Valentine experience? Well, it, it feels really bad to kind of diss this lovely, lovely guy. Um, but years ago when I was a teenager, there was this guy that I thought we were having a completely plutonic friendship. And in fairness, when I look at it now, oh, it, no. it, the writing should have been on the wall. And during a time where I was grounded, I can't remember it what It probably I was did. on the back of the bicycle shed. <laughs> yeah. You just hadn't gone around there. <laughs> Sorry, this is a good story. You were grounded. I was grounded for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But weeks? it seemed he was by my side quite a lot for all that. I thought he was very supportive. Until it came to the night before Valentine's and my mum went to lock the front door. And there on the step were a number of items that she mistook for something for her unfortunately my dad I'm sure even yesterday didn't get a Valentine's right. gift well but that was a great were, get out for him he should have claimed the credit for it yeah go on he should have they were from him to me and I was Aww. and was there a card saying that like or was there a little bit of anonymity uh, no there was a card okay there was a card there was okay. a lot of messages there was the heart was it was practically his heart was in, in a box and it was it was it was bad but what like, age was, bad, was he in you it was unrequited yeah uh, what were we 15, 16, so we're, but, we, but we're going way back. But could you not fake it? I mean, could you not say, you know, this is sweet? No, if, you, if it's not there, Ivan, it's not there. Oh, I've spent a life faking it for <laughs> heaven's sake. I mean, <laughs> it's just be charming and get away with it. No, but I mean, how did you tell him then? Did you just say, look, it's, this isn't for us? God, so. I don't really remember. I bet he remembers. You're so callous. Exactly he'll yeah. never forget. And you can't even yeah. remember yeah. how dare he on the line. Like, it's like some dandruff on What's your shoulder. Let's get him on the air. There's three men gathered around me now. Um, no, I mean, I definitely was straight with him and said, look, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I know there was one of those... I can ask you an awful personal question. You can tell me to F off if you like. You know what goes around comes around? Were you ever the recipient of that? Oh, I've definitely fancied a million people that didn't fancy me back. Right. Of course. But it wasn't as cruel and as callous and as heartless as the way you did at this particular... I didn't do it callous. I just didn't notice until that day when okay. all those roses arrived. And what was really worse for him, this, one of them was in a basket and there was like 16 roses and he had oh. shut the car door on them and broke them and had to rearrange right. them again in the basket. I mean, he was a really he great guy. Like he sounds like a complete actually, actually. No, he you're, wasn't. You're definitely right loss. about him. It yeah. was my loss. No, was no, good guy. you're being kind now. Uh, if he's listening, do text us and no, let God, us know. I hope have he you, have your, is your life, is did nice. you have to go into therapy? Did you ever recover from this? All right, great story, Claire. So, your worst Valentine, Kevin. Well, I was worried about this slot now. It doesn't matter after Claire. <laughs> that's what, I just want to know what she did to get grounded for two weeks. Yeah, me too. That's, yeah. that's, oh, look, I was always in trouble one way or another. Oh, little mm. minx. Yeah, yeah, right. I was the eldest. Well, that, so I was as, breaking as the As we mold. say, that's a whole other program. <laughs> uh, Kevin, stop evading and dodging. Yeah, here, no, yeah. I tried. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I don't. Right. I don't have a story. I, I literally cannot remember any Valentines ever. Now I can remember 
Thursday because it was yesterday. Okay. But beyond that, I actually can't remember. Well, is it something I, that you would make an effort for? No. No. Right. Nothing, Kevin. Right. I, well, card. I, I, I relented. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe it. Right. There's Christmas. There's birthdays and there's anniversaries. Yes. All of which I'm on board with and Christmas, very happy to, and to splash the cash on or whatever. Valentine's. It's like a Thursday. You're working. Um, there's just general stuff going on. So yeah, there was the what time are you going to be home tomorrow night? Yeah. Uh, to which I went. Well, I'm going playing soccer after work. Yeah. And, uh, and don't have the dinner too cold, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> um, but uh, and then I didn't even get to go play soccer because Theresa May lost a vote in the House of Commons. So it was actually even worse. That's actually my worst Valentine's. Right. Right. Um, but no, I did. I relented. So and really, got the what flowers. you're saying is because this is your first Valentine since you're married, you mm. can be absolutely kind of casual, complacent, and take everything for granted now that you're married you're no longer chasing Jim mm. I'd say you're the very romantic type have you ever had a worst Valentine oh I, I do celebrate Valentine's Day I am romantic flowers and all uh, uh, gifts I like it I like uh, and I, I get the argument that oh this is just big hallmark trying to make us spend money on cards maybe they are and maybe they aren't I mean they definitely are but I do like that you kind of take a day and, and, you know, and it is. It's the middle of February. It's the middle of nowhere. Uh, just take a day and be like, hey, you're really special to me, by the way. And this thing we got going is, is pretty good. And I, I, I don't take that for granted. And that's what the Valentine's can Day is Can I redeem for. myself? Yeah. I have an answer which can, can claw yeah. us back a little bit. Uh, Sorry right. to interrupt well, well, I'm not so sure. I, I, I was actually interested in Jim's. Uh, oh, okay. no, no, but he's doing the inspiration. I got a car crash here. Okay, that's okay. I will about. let you have okay. a... Brief interlude. Carry on, yes. I was just going to say the uh, the first time, first Valentine's Day, it was, she was my girlfriend at the time, my wife and I now, but it, we had only just gotten together. And we were talking about it uh, a little bit, and and I was like, I don't know, Valentine's Day, it kind of seems like a scam. It's a big money-making cash grab. And she said, you know what, I totally agree. Valentine's Day is rubbish. You don't have to get me anything. And right. I believed her. No, oh. no, no, man. No. Mm. Right. Rookie mistake, man. <laughs> right. If you're listening to this right now, don't yeah. ever believe him if right. they tell you that. You yeah, know, absolutely. That is true. Now, uh, well, you see, I have one great thing. You said Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries and so on. Our wedding anniversary is the 21st of December. So that doubles up for Christmas. Deirdre's birthday is the 2nd of February. So that doubles up for Valentine. So work, I, I can I can kind of get real efficiency and productivity that, about that's this. That's well planned. Tell, tell, tell us about it. Well, yours. no, it's just as Jim said it there. I found my redeeming things. I forgot to rein it back in. Yeah, which was on, on the card that I did buy. Mm. I, I, the message was, I love you every day, not just on made up days. Oh, wow. Uh, right. That's, well, that's uh, a bit lovely weak. and cynical. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is melting over right. here. If that's as good as it no. gets. Oh, <laughs> is, no wonder your copy to the editor needs a little work. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks that redeems him. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, well, I just have to lighten the tone to say that uh, you couldn't make it up. News Talk's com- comedy panel series continues tomorrow morning at 9.30am. Pat O'Mahony is joined by Lisa Garvey, Paddy Courtney, Paddy McDonnell and Sharon Mannion. Tomorrow morning from 9.30 with News Talk. Thanks to Tesco with every little bit help. All right. Now, an interesting article caught our eye this week. It was written by Katie Byrne in Kevin's newspaper, The Irish Independent. In it, she highlighted, quite different to the usual, uh, the positive aspects of adults living in the home. UK, about a million adults living at home. And I think it's now one in four uh, are living with their parents in Ireland. The positives she pointed to, you keep the money in the family exchequer. Uh, Some people get on with their parents. Some parents like to have their grown-up kids around. It's a win-win scenario. Whereas, 
Ivan's policy, knock, knock, 24 and out the door. Um, well, what's, what's your take on this, Jim? I think, I, I think she has a point. I mean, I, 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 uh, I would not be surprised. I bet if, I, if, I, if something happened in my life and I said I had to move back in with my mom and dad, I think my dad would be like, uh, all right, I'm just going to go about my routine and stay out of the way. And I think my mom would be delighted. I think she she would love to have all of all of us kids still living under the under the same roof. I think if I think I'm guessing here. Well, back up the bus. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, am I the only one here who has adult children? Is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's okay. the problem. Okay. Well, so I, I and it's just right. There are two perspectives on this, mm. uh, but from the older uh, perspective, I do think there's something that just hit on there, which it just struck me as you were saying it, which is a son or daughter coming back on their own, but bringing a partner. You know, with them is a whole different ballgame. So, like, you know, it's or bringing grandchildren as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the loss of sleep and so on. You think you've that phase of your life over. So maybe there's a a, a difference between a single person. Who is moving back in? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because if you move back in by yourself, then you kind of like, yes, you're an adult, but you're going to revert a little bit to the roles of of father and son and and mother and son or whatever. Uh, But if you bring your partner with you, now your parents are not, they don't have their kids living at home again. Now they're hosting. A guest, and that's a lot of work. That 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 means everything needs to be taken care of, and also the guest never really relaxes because they know it's not actually their place. So I think uh, that was would result in a lot of tension. But you see, some kids revert to their childhood. Like I find this at Christmas when all the yes. kids come home, they kind of resume their mm-hmm. childlike pecking uh, order absolutely. and and all their habits. So they expect the laundry fairy, they expect the food fairy, they expect the, the someone else to hoover the house, which is you know just incredible yeah. for a thirty year old. Absolutely, it's right. hilarious if you are the thirty year old in question. But I think if you're that thirty year old's parent, it's time to set some boundaries, baby. Baby, right, uh, well, Claire? What do you think? I, I think it's positive points, or negative. Um, it depends on the situation. If it's a short-term thing, I know a lot of friends who are doing it, who kind of a year get their deposit together, move on. So everyone does feel a bit overcrowded at times, but they know it's not forever and they enjoy it for what it is. I do think as well there's something in intergenerational living. I know a lot of other societies do it. And of old, when you were raising kids, that's how you do it. The grandmother would be very involved. But obviously we've evolved a little bit. And oh, grannies want to be getting on. It would be even worse if the mother-in-law moved in. I mean, I might just about <laughs> cope with one of my kids if the mother-in-law... Stop the lights. Lock the door. Right, sorry. I just <laughs> had to respond to that. I had to put down a fatwa straight away in case that became Depends on the map. Depends on the mother-in-law. I, yeah. I, I suppose a lot of grandparents want to move on with their lives and don't want to be involved. But then some do and some younger children or adult children move in with their parents to mind them and to be yes. there for them and look after them. So there is a lot of that going on. Mm. But I it's did inheritance. take yeah. offence <laughs> when it came to talk of inheritance because I have had a few friends with the housing crisis, maybe not friends but acquaintances have kind of been privy to discussions where it's been sort of suggested that if parents are living in a house that they now have paid off, the best thing to do would be to sell it and split it among the kids. This getting inheritance early type thing and I think if you've worked your yeah. whole life... I've never heard of this. And yeah, now no, that, you've that, paid that, your yeah. mortgage, now is your time to just sit back and, and enjoy it. And if your kids want to stay once in a while, fine. But, but, but you're there, not going to sell there, it but, for but, but There is a national... Because we were discussing this last night in telly with, with Dermot Bannon and that, that you have elderly people, maybe one couple, widow or whatever, rattling around in a big four-bedroom house. And, you know other people with two kids in a very small apartment and can't afford or move into and we've got this huge mismatch. I think let them rattle in it. If they paid for oh, it, I'm if for they worked... Power hose them out of it for God's <laughs> sake and make way. If they 
worked their whole life to be in it and they want to die in it, then that is their prerogative. I don't think they need to move to an apartment somewhere just for the next generation. And I am that next generation. And my parents are in a big house, just the two of them, but that's their uh, right. And tell us about your, your friends that are cozying up to the parents now with the prospect of the inheritance on the house. I know a lot of friends who've taken early inheritance. And look, I mean, hands up, my parents are a massive well, help. they didn't I've wait for them the to bank. die. They, oh, they no. caught them to sell the Do they call it inheritance? Because that's kind of morbid to be like, hey, thanks for the inheritance. It's actually a gift tax from a gift yeah. CGT ah, point, ah, a CAT okay, point of view. Yeah. But, but how, how about independent living and starting your own family and all that? And what about the empty nest syndrome and the parents that then feel that there's nothing going on in their lives and would love the hustle and bustle of people back in their Oh, homes? they'd love to see their kids getting on with their lives, having grandchildren and all that kind of thing. Oh, there's no, they mightn't say it, but that's that's definitely gone through there. Kevin, what do you make of this? Oh, the first thing is, I, I think uh, the image of the hose in the mouth of the house. Uh, the older uh, ones or the young ones? The, well, both, both? actually. <laughs> no, no, I think hose the young ones out. If, okay. If, 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 if you've bought a house and you've lived in it for 40 years, I don't think anybody should be telling you to move into a two-bed apartment uh, just to... to well, maybe incentivise. Maybe incentivise is the issue. No, it's just but, the point is, uh, Ben was going on with these things like, say we have something like 1.9 million houses. Apparently, we only need, you know, 900,000 houses are big family types, but we actually need the majority of the other ones because of smaller family sizes and elderly people and more elderly people. We need more apartments. So there's this big national mismatch. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. But it, if it's my house, you can bugger off. You think you're going to hose me out when I get to 90 right. about it. But right. on, on, on the question of parents, since I, I don't, I can't really talk about personal experiences because I packed my bags as soon as I hit 18 and, and, and got okay. the train to Dublin. But the... Uh, so Whereabouts in Offaly are you from? Forban. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I've already pissed off my wife probably, so I might as well say, <laughs> yeah, let's go. So I might as well go kick Forban my siblings now. Let's go. Effing Forban. What no, a no, dreary no. place. I mean, you couldn't get out of it quick enough. You got out at 18, did you? Yeah, but yeah. I love Forban. Running. You love being from Forban. Go live in Forban then if you love it so much. The funny thing is, my older brother still lives at home. And my sister moved at home for about a year, a bit more to save to, to buy her house. And uh, what I noticed is like, definitely, I, th- I think the parents would be get out. You could. I've done, I've done yeah. with this. but yeah. anyway, And they'd be that, polite up to a point. Yeah. yeah. No, they're still too polite, I would say, maybe right. as the one looking in from the outside. Yeah. But the, the flip side of it is when you don't live there, it's a bit like, I think Jim's dream of what his, how welcoming his mammy would be would be mm. true for about two weeks. Yeah. And then it would die. So when I go mm. home. I get a big slap up Sunday roast mm-hmm. and the dinner yeah. and it's yeah. all about it's the apple tart son. made. And, yeah. yeah. Whereas the ones that are there feel like he's the favourite. Yeah. He always he yeah. comes, he gets the big spread. But they know you're leaving at five o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is it. So I think yeah. that's a better relationship. No, I think that is a better relationship. Okay. Well, I won't be changing my mind anyway. Um, I can see the scroungers coming from a mile off. <laughs> uh, now, let's move on to uh, the topic of pets. Well, speaking of family, a survey out this week highlighted just how close some people are with their pets. One out of three Irish people would end a relationship if their putative partner couldn't accept to live with their cat or dog. Uh, This was a survey carried out by Aldi. Probably they're selling cat food. I don't know. 96% of people regard their dog or cat as a member of their family. 43% 43% of people got their pet from a rescue centre. Well, that's a good thing to do. And uh, two-thirds of people said they would never get rid of their pet. So if their partner couldn't accept it, they'd have to go. And it goes on. It it, it seems, Kevin, that this is really an integral part of people's lives. The old mutt or moggy. 
yeah, the divorce papers are going to be waiting for me on the kitchen table when Why? I get home. Um, because Do you my, have a cat? Or my, my, my wife loves animals. She's mad into horses and dogs and has all them at home in her, in, in, in her family place. And she wants a dog for our house and I am refusing and have refused point blank to let her get one. On the basis that we're not there enough, I think it would be cruel to have a dog that sits in the house for 12, 13, 14 hours every day with nobody there. But we did, we were in a pet shop last weekend. Oh. And so um, you still think you're not getting a dog? And you do a pet shop. you don't go to a pet shop for <laughs> dogs. Uh, no, we were in the shop and said we went into a pet shop. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she started looking at rabbits and they were in little pens, you know, right. lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there was, there was kind of ooing and aahing. I let her get a goldfish. Right. We came home with a goldfish. How big is the goldfish? It's the size of your thumb, I suppose. No, and just one. Well, uh, there's one at home, so we, we, we now have two goldfish. Okay, now it's okay. Yeah, okay. You see this? This is how it starts. And, and, yeah. yeah, right. No, that's, that's, uh, that's a reasonable compromise. Yeah. So what is From your... a dog ob- to a rabbit to a goldfish. What's your objection to having a dog? Like, in other words, like, uh, do you, dislike, do you like, dislike the smell of them and the way it might lick you? Or what about a cat? Like, there are things you can do when you're away. Uh, you know, you can actually give it to... You send it down to Furban, whatever. You know, there, there are... It's not impossible to get someone to look after a pet. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem. I, I, I like cats. She hates cats, so that's off the table. I, we both like dogs, but I, I just don't think I want a dog right now in my house. Are you a pet lover? Uh, yes, I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. So the cats let you know look they after, look after themselves. themselves. They do, and they're really handy and easy. Uh, we always had they're a family pet. They're less affectionate, pet. though, aren't they, cats? No, they're they're less fun. They're definitely less fun. They're not as excited to see you when you walk into a room as a dog would. They be. don't wag their tail. No, and I have two kids, and the cats hate them. They don't want to play anything <laughs> when when they walk into the room. So the kids hate the cats, or the cats hate the kids? Well, it's, probably, it's a mutual. It's thing. kind of a mutual thing. The kids would love to play as much as they would with a, with a puppy and a dog. Yeah. The dog would probably be way more family friendly. And who do you love more, the cats or the kids? Ah, the kids, <laughs> without doubt. I don't well, that's a close call at times, yeah. We okay. always had animals growing up, but they always lived outside. So the dog mm. was in a kennel, the cats were in the shed. An outside dog. Yeah. Uh, outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, don't no, get this. Now, now look, I, I yeah. let my cats in and out of my house a bit more. They sleep on the couch. It's all good. This in the bed thing and treating them like they're actual children is is a step on family members yes major part of the family i do think it's understandable if you take a day off work because your dog died i actually get that yeah but would you do things like dress them no dress them carry them in handbags i don't get them would you Um, shampoo them oh no cats no cats do no no i meant i meant the dog did we only if it was very necessary how long does a cat live for well, we, my parents have a cat that we've had now for, I think we, we're, we're working out that he's about 16, 17. Oh, they go a bit kind of to seed though, don't they? Oh kind of get matted. No, it, it, he's, well, he's not a sprightly you know the urine panther anymore. An awful problem. And they, mm. they do, uh, do they have this territorial thing? They go around the sofa urinating. No, see, they're all outside. This is the joy. Oh, the cats are outside too. Everyone is outside. In my life now, I let them in and out, but my family pets always lived outside. They're happy. This cat, as I'm saying, is 17. In cat years, he's like 92. Right. He's still in fine fettle enough right. to live. Are pets child substitutes? Um, I guess 
They, in the sense that some people just need another living thing around them for loneliness. But I find I, I find young couples who are in the early stages, they get a dog mm. almost as something to you know what I mean to have, to love together. Yeah, I suppose, and I guess I could see that. I would I would love to get a dog. We can't uh, with the apartment that we're in. Um, but also, I I kind of get what you're saying, Kevin. Like to have a dog, I mean, somebody's got to be home at the very minimum every six hours or eight hours to take the thing out. And, you know, it cuts down on your travel flexibility and that sort of thing. I like this idea of having pets but keeping them outside. That's not a thing I was aware of. Because, I mean, where I'm from, if you have a dog and it lives outside, it'll make it through until winter comes and then you won't have a dog anymore. Oh, no, 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 we'd be the same. No. At home, we always had cats. And, and they just they were inside. They were, no, no, outside. Yeah, well, but no, they're outside. not no, in that's true. Are they yeah, really that, your no. cat then? No, no, no. They're no, just no. an outside see, cat that kind of knows. that's an urban and rural thing. Yeah. All right. Right. You see, like in Deirdre's oh. family farm, the dogs would be working dogs and they'd be outside and they'd be quite uh, oh. filthy. But just in relation to couples and that, my youngest fella dropped out of college, eloped and went to Barcelona. Uh, after a year, uh, thankfully, he fell. They, she fell out of love with him, and they broke up. But the problem was, they got this lovely puppy, Uh-oh. and they both idolized the puppy. Oh, so no. everything was very amicable up to a point. Yeah, I was splitting up. But who got the dog? Yeah, that's you can't. She have got it. the dog. Don't get a she don't get dog. a puppy. I was if delighted you're to get rid of her and the dog. To be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> she's in Spain we're all okay. right. it's okay she's back in Ireland now but anyway oh. good luck to them all uh, right <laughs> I think I think we're out of time uh, so you've <laughs> fallen out with your family uh, you can't face into for a ban again and I better not see my son John for a while all right <laughs> That's our lot. My sincere thanks to broadcaster Claire McKenna, comedian Jim Elliott and Kevin Doyle uh, of INM for coming in and being my final furlong panellists this evening. And that's your lot from The Hard Shoulder this week. My thanks to the production team, Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Alex Russo, Roisin Davis and Steve Daunt. Off the Ball is up next. I'll be back with your first edition of a Drive Time Show nationally at 4pm. Uh, on Monday. Have a great weekend and enjoy. Thanks for listening.